Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving and giving us your word. Illuminate your word that we might hear and receive your word in our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading is Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11 and 20. Listen for the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those whose hope is in his steadfast love. He has not dealt with us, he has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The New Testament reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 through 23. Listen again for the word of the Lord. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I became all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. O Lord, open our hearts and minds to the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, amen. The sermon title this morning is Captive to the Call. Corinth had a captivating presence for many. 
It was a thriving, transient city with booming businesses and a commercial hub that guaranteed its diversity. Like New York City, known as the Big Apple, and Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love and cheesesteaks, Corinth inherited the nickname Sin City. It was a place where Egyptian and Greek shrines were alongside Roman imperial cults and known for people disgustingly abusing their wealth and privilege by abusing the poor, making them beg for even the smallest morsels. It seemed the culture was captured by too much freedom. The church's reputation wasn't much better. Their Gentile past bound some believers. It left them wrestling with old habits and it divided the church. Their pagan history got in the way of their inheritance perspective. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul addressed the spiritual gifts of the believers and sisters in Christ. He described his believers as former pagans misled by devotion to idols. In their pre-Christian lives, they were allowed to partake in many diverse religious festivals, and now, as believers, had issues with food offered to idols that would impact the faith of the weak. They were even contentious against Paul. Even though Paul brought them the good news, they were for Apollos and against Paul. As Paul addressed the issues in the church, here in chapter 9, he digresses to defend his freedom and apostolic authority. Paul asked two questions so that the church might reflect on his ministry in their particular situation. He asks in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? First, in his freedom, Paul stated he had the right to be financially supported in his ministry in Corinth, just as other, Apollo, uh, just as other apostles elsewhere and others for their services. Second, he was an apostle of Jesus because he saw and was transformed by the risen Christ on the road to Damascus when he was going to persecute Christians. In Paul's freedom, he refused to use his rights so that the gospel would be free of charge. Paul did accept money from other churches but did not want any financial obligations or barriers to his ministry in Corinth. We are often afraid to lose whatever freedoms we have. Financial freedoms, liberty on the job, freedom of independence, freedom of ability and mobility, freedom to say and do what we want to say and do, and freedom to eat what we want. Too many churches have often used their freedom to remain in comfortable places, which can cause them to fail to live into the new seasons and opportunities God has for them in their midst. While free, if we are mindful, our freedoms can cause us to be rigid and narrow in our ways, our understandings, and to whom we should engage the word of God. Paul had already given up his right to receive financial support from the church. Now he shared the secret of an effective ministry. 
He gave up all of himself for others so that all might hear the gospel message and some be one for Christ. Verse 19 says, For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might win more of them. In Roman times, one was either a slave or they were free. Slavery was so extensive that one out of every two people were enslaved. Paul was being a model missionary whose strategy was to serve people. Most, if not all, are willing to flex, bend, or contort ourselves for worldly things. We are flexible on the job that we might get promoted. We are flexible as students in school to stretch ourselves to learn and to grow. We flex enough to maintain meaningful relationships. We are flexible when we want to be. For the sake of the gospel, Paul was willing to flex that he might be all things to all people. He spoke of three groups, the Jews, Gentiles, and the free and the weak. For the Jews who were under the law, even though Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes, he was willing to follow some aspects of the Mosaic law that hearts and minds might be open to the gospel. Adaptability to others for the gospel is why Paul ordered Timothy to get circumcised in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, and to participate in other Jewish rites. Paul wanted to establish common ground. As an ethnic Jew and practicing Christian, Paul was willing to adapt to uncomfortable customs for Gentiles, including eating Gentile foods. While he engaged with those outside the law, acting outside the law, he acted in the law of Christ so that he might contextually and effectively share the good news. As for the weak, Paul became weak. He exercised his freedom to become weak so that he might make them strong in Christ. The weak were the unbelievers and weak Christians who were sensitive about certain things such as food that was previously dedicated to idols. Paul willingly enslaved himself not to shake their conscience or hinder the gospel. Being all things to all people is a challenging calling. It takes work to deal with certain people. There are personality clashes, considerable gaps in opinions on many matters and sometimes people rub each other the wrong way. But Paul was willing to become a slave to all because he didn't want to lose the opportunity to evangelize Christ to all. Think back on personal experiences where Christ's calling on someone else accommodated you in your time of need for grace, hope, and peace. Accommodating for the sake of the gospel is who we are called to be 
as believers. When we are captive to the call, we will meet people where they are. Forgo comfort for the gospel and know the source of our service. Are you all in for Christ? We can be all in for Christ because he has equipped us through the Holy Spirit to meet people where they are. Jesus set the example with his incarnational presence into our complexities and diversities that we might conform to meet the needs of all people, especially the weak. It is incredible that when we meet people where they are, they often think that they're not, they come to realize that they're not as strong as uh, they seem. Regardless of one station in life, many are burdened by things for which Christ died and no longer need to be a struggle for them. Guilt, shame, and the feeling of being on the outside, to name a few, have been conquered by the cross. But for some, their faith can be shaken. In a world of trouble where war abounds, loneliness is a pandemic, hope is lost, and souls have holes, we are called to care for our neighbors and share the most life-changing news. Adapting and molding to all is our confidence in the word that says, it's not me that saves, it's the Lord. We must be unapologetically evangelists. I said it. While evangelism has gotten a bad reputation in some Christian circles, Paul makes it clear that it is the divine prescription with unlimited refills for us to share the good news to win souls for Christ. Someone once said, too many Christians are no longer fishers of people, but keepers of aquariums. During her amazing authority sermon, Pastor Joanna said, we need to keep, we cannot keep it to ourselves. We need to go tell somebody about Jesus. Christ calls us not to sit on our hands, but to be captive to his love so that we will boldly share God's word, which is a healing balm for the soul and transforms lives. But it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable when we are captive to the call. While Paul was free to eat whatever he wanted because he was free in Christ, he sacrificed his right so that he would not harm his weaker brothers and sisters. This particular issue of food is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, when Paul wrote, It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. We, too, must identify the weak in our midst and be willing to forgo our comfort so that there are no stumbling blocks to sharing the true love of God. Friends, we do not have to look very far. The weak are on the job. The weak are in the church, in our schools, in the hospitals, 
around us in the world where we walk and in our homes. Many believers have been crushed by loss, sideswiped by disappointments, surprised by failed expectations, and numbed by tragedies, unlived dreams, and abuse of all kinds. So as God's children, we are called to make ourselves weak. We make ourselves weak so that in our service, prayers, and proclamation of the good news, we might make others strong through Christ's power. In preparing our hearts for service to others, we must pray for the Holy Spirit's power to break through the walls that keep us from living out our call. We must strengthen ourselves in the word and trust in God's purpose that binds us in service. Being captive to the call means that Christ's power has captured us and his love has designed us to serve all people, even when it feels uncomfortable. When we are captive to the call, we belong to no one else but Jesus. The world would love to claim us, but we must be like Paul and become slaves to Christ, where we are utterly dependent on him so that we can be all things to all people. In Christ, we can give up our particular identities and experiences that would stand in the way of the gospel and claim our true identity in Christ. And the divisions of our world, nation, community, churches, homes, and hearts, becoming a slave for Christ is our way of belonging to no one and forming and reinforcing to whom we belong and serving alone. We are no longer to be divided, but are one in Christ with a common mission. Our evangelistic efforts must involve engaging people and being adaptable enough to show God's amazing love. Because we belong to Christ, we are called to pray with all people in their hopes and sorrows, stretch our hands to make the world a different place, and proclaim the grace and mercy of God through Christ. Christ alone captivates the depths of our hearts and sends us to meet people in their social matrix to serve in deep and abiding Christian love. Brothers and sisters, when we are captive to the call, we must become all things to all people, by all means, to win some. We must adapt to a lifestyle of the master's house, which is open to all who accept him as Lord and Savior. Our text is by no means a cookie-cutter resource for getting it right or for the church to make itself relevant to the culture in which it belongs. It calls us to walk by faith, respond to Christ's words, and tell somebody about the good news of Christ crucified, no matter where we are and in the difficulties of ministry realities. We must be bold as the prophet Jeremiah, 
who said in Jeremiah 20 and 9, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. As individual believers in the church, we are challenged to meet others where Christ met us in our weaknesses and doubts. And to proclaim him as the psalmist did in our Psalter reading, great is our Lord and abundant in power. Our call calls us to pray, to be obedient and to serve new and unfamiliar and uncomfortable spaces as a faith community in our neighborhood, city, and world. Discern our missional method so that others might see Christ's face. Come to know him and be strengthened and nurtured in his love. Be captive to the call, knowing that the cross has power. The tomb is empty and that Christ is calling us to be his disciples. So this day and every day, walk in love. Proclaim the good news boldly and know that we share in its blessings. Amen.